So you're going to hear Jillian Wilson. She's a manager for Community InfoSource. She's going to be talking to me and ask me questions about my experience during the interviews I done for the project. And ah yes, I always ask people questions today. It's my turn to tell you about my experiences and what I learned and what I like about this project uh, podcast. So I'm just going to hand over to Jillian Hi, Nico. Thank you very much for working with Community Info Source over the last few months on this podcast project. It's been really good working with you. Today, we were going to have an interview about your experience of interviewing people for this series. Um, but before we start that, it would be really good if you could please introduce yourself. Thank you for having me here. My name is Nico Lovell. I'm the founder of the Akuma We Talk podcast. And I'm so excited to be here as well to be part of this project. And the podcast, I think, is about the purpose of raising awareness and sharing our stories. And since I'll be part of that podcast, I'm so excited to actually to answer any questions you have for me today on the podcast. So maybe you could say a little bit more about your experience of working with us and interviewing people as part of this series. I think you've now done six or seven interviews. Yes, that's correct. Uh, seven interviews was amazing. Um, yes, it's, as I said earlier on, it's a very uh, learning process. And as well, uh, yeah, I'm just going to share something about myself personally that I learned something very powerful during the interviews. It's like uh, you learn how to make people welcome to the podcast and as well to feel yeah welcome. Because you can tell someone is nervous, but you don't have to say that to the person. I can see you are nervous. You need to find a way how to speak to make them not to be nervous. So I learned that trick and it worked. And so that's that. And as well, build up relationship with people, like make friends. And I think it's, it's really important as well to acknowledge that uh, these kind of interviews, the actual one of the production uh, that can actually change the, the projects and charities to know... Um, um, what's the needs and uh, what should be done better because these interviews are learned something that uh, people don't have a chance actually to talk about the needs or where they're working because you're always at work you're always going to be busy you don't have time to go to your manager and say this is the need because they're also busy so i think that was a very good opportunity for them uh, as service users as well volunteers board men board members and the managers to actually have a chance to breathe a bit and say, okay, this is what I like about CIS, and this is what I think is the need. And to be honest, people have been honest with me, and they really, really love CIS. People were able to be honest because that's really what we're looking for in this podcast series, that we learn from the experience of people and that we are responsive and adapt how we, how we work. So I, I do hope that people um, were able to relax and able to, to speak from their heart, like you were saying a bit earlier on. So through the, so I think you, you interviewed some people who use our services. Yes. You've interviewed some volunteers and some staff. And um, 
what particular things did you learn about CIS from the interviews? Uh, what have you learned about us? Yes, uh, first I learned that it is a, a best place to be and it does help people. And secondly, they've got different, uh, uh, what's called, uh, other projects working in, like, yeah, and there is a different, uh, what's called, uh, how do you put it in English? Not different projects, yeah, different projects, but come different together. Different services and different yes, projects, yeah. Exactly, that's what I mean to say. And uh, some, one particular I like, because I'm part of that, I like that, the one they were talking about, um, well-being. Uh, well-being, I think, is one of the most important things nowadays in our lives, like to get help on. It does matter uh, how confident you are. At the end of the day, we need that. So I found out CIS, they got a space for that. Like they were sharing about getting out of Glasgow for a walk and going to different places and people come back with a big smiles and stuff like that. So, which means I, when I was doing that interview, I didn't know about that. So I'm sure this podcast, you can actually raise that awareness so lots of people know now that there's services like that. And what else? Um, everybody was sound really, really, really excited about being part of, even those who are no longer there, they still talk like they are there. Um, there was there was this energy uh, about most of them. I think if I listen, uh, when I go back, everybody almost same similar thing. And some people went like really more, and it's because I think it depends on the length of time someone's been there or not. So some people have been there longer, some people have been there shorter. So their experience it makes sense that they, they cannot be in the same level of uh, explaining about CIS, but it's still the best to hear and talking to them. Um, as I said earlier on, not everybody's like me <laughs> come and talk on the podcast. So I have to actually support people to actually have more talk and to feel free. This is a, a safe place to to actually talk. And secondly is to help projects like CIS to be understood and as well, uh, yeah, people know what is it. So for me, I think, uh, yeah, the experience is just keep growing. Every time I meet someone, was different, different experience. Yeah, and did did um, work about the housing or the challenging violence? Did, did those elements also come out in the interviews, or was it mainly a focus on well being? Yes, that's correct. There's, um, I think for me, there was three things really come out, and I still in my head is the FGM, female genital mutilation, and housing a referral to other uh, agencies and services, working as a team, welding, well-being team support. So let's go back to the F, FGM mutilation um, thing. Even myself, I learned a lot to see, like, um, especially Mr. Hassan was talking about because he's working on that field to encouraging other men, African men as well, especially, to understand um, the need of support for or for these women who went through that, through um, to become asylum seekers, refugees, and in their countries and stuff. We're from different world, to be honest, even if we're from the one continent, but we're all different cultures, different uh, languages. So for me to hear this, um, while I'm in the UK, it was... Um, um, eye-opening, and I mean, uh, to learn as well. So those are very important things um, come out. And housing, I think uh, we all know that housing 
for asylum seekers is really one of the most difficult things in Glasgow, especially. Um, I, I'm a live experience myself. If if your case is cancelled, sorry, is finished or refused, which means you have to find a place to live, and that's become difficult. But because of these projects and charities such as like um, community info source, it become maybe life. Uh, I won't say life easy, but kind of um, make it here much easier than if there was none. So I have a respect for these projects and charities that look after asylum seekers and refugees. And working as a team came out as well. People sound very happy to be part of CIS and um, they get all the support they need. And I'm going back to helping team support as well. Came out many times. A lot of, almost everyone said about it. Because I think there's a need for that, actually. Because um, not the only refugees and asylum seekers going through this. Um, I know this map has got nothing to do with this uh, conversation right now, but I think where there are people always been asked or tell me your story, but uh, actually the the service providers they never tell us their story. What I mean by that, I mean like, how do you feel when you go home? How's your well-being? You know, so there, there's something missing there that, and I was I was hoping to hear it, but unfortunately, no one ever maybe th- think like me, which is it's, it's okay. It's no, you know, but I'm just raising this. I'm just raising this awareness in person. Uh, I think it needs we need when it comes to well, um, well-being. I think we need to check to each other. It doesn't matter where you're from, what you do, as long as you're on the same team. I think uh, it's one of those uh, important to me. I think uh, everything is, is important, but sometimes when you do these interviews, you pick up some stuff because you're like, mm, I wonder if this inside you know what i mean like is you know so yeah i'll pick up that i don't know if that makes sense yeah that was one of the things that i was going to ask you because when we discussed this podcast series at the beginning we wanted to also learn how can we do our work better how can we be welcoming and responsive and listening to people making sure that you know we are actually doing things that enables people to feel that they can develop and grow and be supported in a space like this that you know we don't want to do things for people we want to help people do things for themselves and to start new lives so yeah it'll be interesting to get your impression yeah um can we learn something about doing that better or do people have that feeling yeah I think yes. I think it's a very first step on that. And there's one thing came up as well was about during the lockdown. Someone mentioned um, she just started working with CIS and was during the lockdown. So I was asking about the support she got from the management. It was still, it was wonderful and and stuff like that. So which means from for me, I can imagine from lockdown and then coming meeting people in person. That's that's another strategy that it's very difficult sometimes to. Um, to get a job like now we're talking and then maybe spend like months to never meet your, the people you work with. And then eventually she was happy to arrive in the office with a lot of people. And what else? For me, I think it, the most, the, when I listen to most of the people, everything sounds like really, really want the CIS to do what they're doing now and carry on with it. And I asked about, 
for example, other projects in Glasgow? What's the relationship between other projects? So I didn't ask everyone this question. This question sometimes I ask when, when our questions were set up, they're not really open up to someone to speak more. So I add up my own question, my own thoughts, just to make sure that maybe as long as it actually line up with exactly what we're looking for. So I was yeah, I asked this short question about what's leadership with other projects, with CIS, with other projects outside of CIS. They said, yeah, it's good because we refer each other. If, if there's something we can't do, um, we can refer to such and such and stuff like that. Which means that that's what I've been personally in Glasgow. I've been looking to see that happen instead of having a competition. Who's the best? Who's doing what? It's best, you know. That my, my dream is to see this organization and charities work together without competing. And I mean, so it came out like it's, CIS don't have a problem with that. So which means it's great. So I think the other thing, like as I said, some people they were not talkative. They were very shy, uh, maybe because of uh, uh, what's called um, the language barrier. Uh, sometimes it, it was holding back, but they still fight to to speak, to say, "Yeah, CIS is this." But you can see what they're trying to say. I don't have any. Um, I didn't have any problem with interviews. Like when I was d- during the interviews, like. No one ever said stop. I don't want to talk about CIS. No, everybody was keep on going. Um, maybe in, on my side, maybe sometimes the questions I have they are not straight enough, stretch enough to actually give a long conversation. So that's why I end up putting some of my own uh, thoughts on it, and then it worked because mm-hmm. yeah, it it does work sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's what I enjoyed that. I know maybe in the beginning I was, as I said, I was not that super confident because I didn't know if it's okay to actually use my own a brand, my, my own question when someone's not speaking well. So then I realized, hmm, actually it works as long as the question I'm using is also part of what we're looking for or what do I want to, uh, sorry, what do we want to achieve on this podcast? So it did work very well. Yeah. And, and do, you think, do you think there are particular things that CIS needs to improve or to learn from anything any of the interviews that you had with people any feedback that you think yeah cis could consider doing this as one i'm just going to add up something i noticed during the uh, interviews um is the public speaking training should be done maybe a uh, confidence build up confidence to people the reason why i'm saying this i noticed um that when I'm not recording, most of the people are very comfortable. They're happy to speak. But as soon as I said, I'm saying I'm recording, the whole body language changes and they become more nervous, which means it's okay. I think it happens most of the time to people. But I was wondering if the project like CIS or whoever out there, if there's a chance for volunteers, service users, even the board, board members, everyone actually, not everybody is confident. Um, like myself, I'm not that too confident anyway. But um, so uh, that's what, that, that's what I noticed. That is another need maybe um, on on people, so that they can able to record other people, so they feel how it feels like to to be recording and be recorded in the same time. Maybe that will actually help them to speak uh, freely as activists as well in raising awareness. So I was just saying that I think there are some very Confident activist 
speakers who are part of um, the Community Info Sources Board and the staff team and some of the volunteers are very active activists in Glasgow as well. Um, but as you say, maybe they're not used to being recorded. Um, so that's an interesting thing. Maybe we should uh, look at training and the opportunity for people to develop that confidence because we want to support asylum seekers in Glasgow to be able to you know, put forward their ideas of, of what the services should be, what policy should be. We want to support that process. It's important that people's voices are heard. I totally agree with you, Gillian, on this 100%. I think this is what I was saying in the beginning. The purpose of the podcast is giving us a platform to actually come here and share our stories and experiences, give us opportunity for our voices to be heard while we are raising awareness as well, while we are building up the projects and charities, while we are trying to find out what's the need, what can be done better. I think this is the best platform. And person, personally, I'm really lucky to be part of this project. I had my great, great, great time. It was one of the most um, amazing and le- uh, meeting new people, making new friends, and as well, learning about the project itself. So I just want to say thank you so much for all the people been involved in this podcast project for CIS, Community InfoSource. Thank you. Thank you.